Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it's the week of the NFL draft, and I can't think of many people I'd rather talk to more about the draft than former Redskins general manager Scott McLuhan, who joins us now on the Kevin Sheehan Show. First of all, you know, it's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. You know, back in Colorado, running my scouting service, um, around family and friends, and uh, in football and loving it. This has been obviously a crazy time, Scott, for, for the world the last month and a half. Everybody healthy in your family? You doing well? Yes, everybody's good. Thanks, thanks for asking. Yeah, it, it is. It's a bad time, not from the standpoint of just sports, but for the world. You know, it doesn't affect just certain areas of the United States. It's the entire world it affects. And it's a serious point. I think everybody's stepping up and taking control of what they need to. And we'll get through it, and we'll be stronger because of it. Yeah. You know, you you actually, I think this time of year, would be considered to be an essential worker, right? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, have you been affected in your draft preparation by any of this? You know, I really haven't because I don't do school calls. You know, now, I, I, I did hit a couple pro days before it got shut down. Um, you know, so, but it doesn't really affect me. My main work, probably 90 excuse me, 95% at least is probably done in the fall, you know, just off of pure tape. So for me, it doesn't really change things. I know some area scouts and some directors and GMs, the pro days and the 30 visits hinder them, which I understand. But for me, it doesn't because I just create pure talent, um, not background or medical. You know, you've had this scouting service for a while. Are you allowed to tell Mm -hmm. me like how many teams you're working for or not? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than one, but less than five. How's that? Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, I stay busy but with, with teams. I stay busy with agents. I stay busy, um, you know, just from college standpoint and from the pro free agency stuff. So it, 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 it's, a good, it's a good process for me, and like I said, I stay busy. All right, just so everybody understands, you know, Scott does this for a living, and we're going to talk to him about the draft overall, and he can talk about players, but he's not going to tell you, you know, who he's got ranked higher. Um, he can't do that. But, you know, overall on this draft, you know, you've evaluated a lot of them over the course of your professional career. Is this a good draft, bad draft? Where is it strong? Where isn't it strong in your opinion? Okay, well, for, first of all, just a draft. I, I, personally, I, I approach every draft as a good draft because it's what you do with it. Um, you know, everybody gets excited about first round, second round, third round, which I totally understand because those should be impact players year one, year two for sure. But it, it's what you do with it. You know, I, I know this for a fact that I, I tell my scouts this and the owner this. When you're sitting there, first round all the way through seventh round in college free agents, 
there's always going to be a player on that board who has not been picked yet or signed yet that's going to end up being a really good NFL football player. So you got to identify who it is, about what position and all that, because you can find some really good talent late in the draft in college free agency. You really can. Um, you know, like a, the media makes it really big with, okay, we're going to have round one and round two and three on next day, which is great. The fans love it. I'm cool with it. But the, 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 the media, the stuff comes on the second, third day, and, and that's the most important way to build your roster. You know, I think the uh, depth definitely is that wide receiver and that DB um, and strong at offensive line, especially tackle. So, you know, but again, everyone takes on its own identity, and everyone's good. It's what you do with it. You know, we're talking to Scott McLuhan. Will teams miss out on not being able to spend normal time with prospects, pro days, interviews face-to-face, et cetera? Is this a big deal or not? Yes, yes, they will miss out. I think when we look back in two to three years from now, probably three years from now, this draft compared to the last 10 to 15 years will have more mistakes made because not just from sitting down individually and bringing 30 guys in you know, for your – Position coach to talk to him, your your scout to talk to him, whoever you want, your owner to talk to him, but you get him for a full 24 hours. You get to learn quite a bit in that time, in, in your environment, not their environment, which is excellent. Um, but that will definitely hurt not being able to find the red flag. You know, good guys are good guys. And you get scout knows them, you meet them at the combine, okay, good, everything's positive. But there's always a handful that are good players that have some issues that you got to identify and talk about, and you can't do that this year. And then the more important thing, in my opinion, is the medical. You know, the guys that are non-combine invitees, you can't get a medical grade on them. And, you know, we call it in the NFL, when you got a medical grade, you call it a hard grade or a soft grade. And hard grade means he's at the combine or you brought him in or you have another NFL team doctor that gave you a medical grade so you can trust it. A soft grade is when it comes from the college, comes from the trainer, comes from the area scout, thinking, okay, well, he twisted his ankle in 18 miss two games, boom, boom. But you don't know the severity of it because you haven't put your hands on them yet. That's what's going to hurt teams because you're going to start drafting guys, you know. Perfect example this year would be Tua. Everybody wanted to come back to the rechecks a month later, see how his hips developed, you know, from the year from the month before when they did the scan on it. And they're all excited to see how much it had healed. Well, now that didn't happen, you know. So everybody's like, son of a gun, we're talking about top five, top ten pick here. And you got to tell the owner you're investing almost $30 million guaranteed in signing that he's our franchise guy. Well, you don't know that. He has not played since the hip surgery. So it's 50 50. And I don't care what a doctor on the outside of the NFL tells you, they don't understand the NFL and what the, the NFL doctors understand with football related injuries and how it affects guys in different manners and different positions. So I think the medical is going to be more important that's going to be missed than it is sitting down and just conversing with them. But they're both highly important, highly important. That's really interesting uh, about the medical and makes a lot of sense. You know, the other thing, too, and and this was something you used to say, um, you know, the guy's a football player. And I'm wondering if when you said, you know, you don't get to learn about them in your environment – you know, I remember you telling me several years ago, you, you got to find guys who love football, who, who are football players. Is that going to be a piece that you miss out on through all of this process? Yes, I, I believe you will. Now, the thing that's going to come through in this draft, and I think uh, it came out from some of the GMs, they wanted the draft move, or the, the, the draft move back because the whole process we're talking about. But I think the good staff that have been together you know, for a while, being a personnel staff to understand the GM, understand what the coach wants. 
position coaches, the whole package, will do better because they're going to be able to identify what they want in certain football players, and the area scouts can explain them you know, to the coaches and be like, okay, well, he sounds like he's the Steeler or sounds like he's the Packer or sounds like he's the Redskin, what we're looking for background-wise. And, you know, once you get two or three of those guys coming to you, an area scout or a director or a coach you respect or trust on, on the college team telling you, then you can start kind of identifying that. But still, you can't have the same impact this year from sitting down face-to-face and really talking to them as you have in the past just because of the virus. Let me I'm, – I'm interested in this part of the process. What, when you sit down with a prospect and you, you've evaluated their talent, you've evaluated what kind of player they were in college and the talent that they have at the next level – What's most important to you at that point? What what is something that really is like a turn on, and, and what's a turn off? The, the the kid's character, how the kid articulates, how the kid fits in when he's talking to a coach, when he's talking to his trainer at the school, when he's talking to a female trainer at the school. All that stuff starts adding in. The player's easy to figure out. The talent's easy to figure out. Yes or no? Is he an item? Yes. If he's not, he's not. But that's easy to figure out. Anybody can really do that. It's the person, it's the it factor. And I, I think it's so important to get a guy that's consistent. You know, and when you get a sit with him more than once, you can kind of see that. You know, if you saw him at an all-star game as a scout, then you saw him at the combine, then you saw him on an official visit, that's three different times you sat to him face-to-face. Is he the same guy? Because that's what you want in the locker room. That's what you want during the week preparing for a game. He's the same individual. Now, of course, you throw in the talent, and if he's a really talented guy, that's the same individual. Now you got a superstar. Now you got somebody like a Christian McCaffrey where you see getting a huge contract. Talent-wise, does he deserve it? Heck yeah. Is he a really good player? Heck yeah. But if you throw in, he's got the consistency. He's a good guy, hard worker, good team leader. Every single day he's around the, the team. That's when you start hitting on players. That's when it's very important. Does a player's activity on social media factor into anything? You know what? It does. It's funny you say that because – you know, when it first started, you know, I, I was, I'm never in this technology advanced. I've always <laughs> handwritten my reports and all that stuff. But yeah. I had people, you know, I learned in Seattle because Seattle was so advanced and with John Schneider that uh, he'd, he'd come in every morning and show me like five videos of players that we scouted the day before putting the draft board together, showing them on video. I'm like, where'd you get that from? He said, well, you get all these, all these players are on it. I'm like, what do you do? He said, you just type their name in. He said, that's my wife does all day when she's at home. She just types in all these players I give her, and she'll download the video, and then I watch them at nighttime when I go to bed. And you can learn a lot because you see, you see them in their own environment. And a lot of them aren't realizing that this is going national to everybody. If they did know that, they wouldn't do it. Or they'd do it where it shows them in a very positive light because the agent would tell them to. But it, 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 you do learn quite a bit. It's incredible. Um, let's get to uh, this draft. What do you think of the quarterbacks in this draft? I like it. I like it. You know, is, is the depth there? I don't think so. Overall, one through seven rounds. But, you know, the thing with the quarterbacks is that there's always going to be guys with talent. You know, depends what you're looking for. You want size? You want arm strength? You want leadership? Do you want multiple years captain? Do you want multiple wins in college? Are you just looking for pure upside? You know, so they all come in different shapes and sizes. But, a lot of it just depends on the system and what, you know, the things are changing now with LeVar Jackson, what he did, you know, and, and, and changing the, apparently the game for right now from the standpoint of being able to run the football and run for a thousand yards and make big plays and with your feet and all that. The younger coordinators are coming into the NFL 
are looking for those guys. And, of course, coming out of college, the majority of those guys are those guys because that's what they played in high school and that's what they play in college. But, you know, I think it's a good year, and there's going to be a handful that are good players that, that go pretty good, and there's going to be a handful that aren't good players. They're backups perennially. And that's fine. That's the same every year, but these teams are definitely looking for them. I promise you there'll be a couple overdrafted. Who does Burrow remind you of, and who does Tua remind you of? You know, Burrow, he, I, I'm impressed with him from the standpoint of what he's been through. You know, especially not just transferring, but transferring from Midwest down to the Southeast. That's not easy for anybody. Um, but I like his patience, his calmness. Um, you know, you watch a lot of football because, of course, all the teams want me to watch him and some of the eight want me to watch him. He's the same personality and same excitement level in every game. It's not like, well, they're down two scores. It's the second quarter, and he's got his head down. Nah, and he's, not, he's always the same person. So I really respect that. And, of course, the year he put up numbers-wise was phenomenal. And he give credit to the people around him. He had a lot of talent helping him. But I just like the fact that he's really, really calm. He just not, He's never too high, never too low. He, just, he, he makes a big play. He runs down the field. Celebrates with the players a little bit, boom, gets back in the huddle and goes. You know, it's always the same. Does he, remi- really does he remind you of anybody in the league, you know, past or present? I, I, he does remind me of somebody, and it's, I'm going to say this, people are going to laugh at me probably because he's a Hall of Famer, but he reminds me of Troy Aikman. Just the low tempo, not a big media guy, doesn't like to be rah-rah, doesn't show a lot of excitement, always the same guy, and highly, highly accurate. Highly accurate this year, that's the one thing Troy had. Troy was always always the leader, but never the front guy, which was they had enough guys at Dallas to be the front guys, of course. But he was just always guy in the back, but always playing well and always consistent. People always respected him because he was tough. But accuracy and I think the personalities, that's what he reminds me of. You already mentioned that it's going to be tough with a guy like Tua this year because you're not going to have a chance to do your own medical. Who does he remind you of talent-wise? You know, um, it's hard to really say because I hate doing that from the standpoint every individual is different. The, the thing he has, which is which is impressive, is the fact, again, a lot of wins in college. But, again, give credit to the talent around him. Right. Like, like, tons of talent around him. Right. But, uh, but a big play guy, you know, because he came in. It wasn't like it was handed to him. I mean, he, he went into a game in, 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 into a, a university that had a lot of success and a lot of tradition. And he stepped in and just took over like it was nothing. And, you know, there was no learning curve for him. You know, it wasn't too big for him. The stage wasn't too big for him. And that's, you can't really teach that. That's, just, that's, that's innate. Guys that can just adjust from, okay, I'm a backup. This is a big-time game. You know, just millions and millions of people are watching this. And it doesn't phase them. It's like they're at practice. They just go out there and make plays, you know, and expect to make plays. And he, he did that. And, again, I like the fact that, you know, a lot of starts, big-time conference, big-time numbers, a lot of wins, um, nothing but positive things from teammates and leadership and competitiveness and work ethic and family situation and no red flags. And so you put everything together, he's a safe pick, but he's a safe pick that has a lot of talent, has a position that's very hard to find. Um, Chase Young's been described uh, by many as, quote, a generational pass-rushing prospect, <laughs> closed quote. Uh, what do you think? I'll just say this. He... He's the best player I saw this year, offense, defense. Um, he's one of the best defensive ends in my 28 years I've scouted. Um, from the standpoint of size, upside with size, pure talent, initial quickness, initial step, hand use, ability to have an innate second counter move that a lot of guys don't have coming out of college. They have to be taught it. 
he has it. It's natural. Um, he's got a chance to be special, really special. Um, you you mentioned one of the best defensive players uh, that you've that you've evaluated in twenty eight years. Who is the best prospect you've ever scouted and evaluated? On both sides of the ball. Yeah. Who coming out of college? Um, you know. I guess it's, it's probably just as a pure player, just stepping in and from day one being a pro bowler, probably Patrick Willis, linebacker out in San Fran. Um, I'll never forget, it's his rookie year, and it's like third preseason game. We were at, at the Bears, and Mike Mullins, our head coach, you know, defensive-minded guy, and he, he says, you think Patrick's ready to start? I said, put him in there. Just watch him. Just put him in. All he's going to do is make plays. He had 17 tackles in the first half. <laughs> in the we first half? And, in the first half, got on the airplane, and Mike says, you know what? I think Patrick's ready to be a starter. <laughs> but, you know, I've been lucky to have a lot of them. Um, and, again, the ones that have been really good, of course, they have tremendous talent, but they're great individuals. They're great people, you know, and, and, and that plays into it hugely. From, not from standpoint, you're going to have bad days and bad weeks in the NFL. Your leaders need to be consistent. You need to be a positive enforcer, not pointing fingers, not talking about, about the play calling, the game plan, the scheme, anything. You need guys that are going to pick up and keep it going the right direction and get through the two to three game losing streak, you know. And and that's what people are going to miss this year because they're not able to really get to know these guys face to face. Talking to Scott McLuhan, of course, former Redskins general manager, now doing a lot of scouting um, and draft work for uh, teams and agents, etc. You know, back to Chase Young for a moment. There are some people that believe, and I want your opinion on this, that the way the game's changed with RPO becoming much more significant, quarterback getting the ball out of his hands super quick, that interior pass rushers are more valuable than edge pass rushers. Do you buy that or not? No, I don't. I think they're they're both highly important. (laughs) You know, if you get a guy inside that can rush like an Aaron Donald, you you got a special player because it's very, very tough inside because you're getting double teamed so many times, and especially if you're legit and they know it going into the game, you're a legit pass rusher, they're going to double and triple you, you know, because you got the closest you got the closest distance from the ball being snapped to the quarterback compared to a defensive end. You know, they, they got more ground to cover. But I think both of them are highly, highly important. You know, and usually what helps you more with the outside guy, the five technique or the seven technique is, not just the fact of a pass rusher, but you got a better athlete. When these quarterbacks take off out of the pocket and start scrambling, you need guys that can run. You need guys that can cover ground that, that, that need to carry 250, 260, 270. You know, and that's why guys like a Chase Young come into play so importantly, is that he can play at the point. He's going to be 280 pounds, you know, and, and be a legit at the point, you know, run stopper. But yet he can make plays outside, the, you know, t- towards the sideline, and he can rush the passer. You know, that's why he's going to be so special. But I think. Any kind of pass rush, interior, outside, they're both highly important. You know, if the Redskins add Chase Young, and, and all you know signs point to that more likely than not, um, you know, he'll be joining a defense that's got some young talent. You drafted Kendall Fuller. He's back, you know, in free agency. Um, Allen and and uh, and Sweat and, uh, you know, and Payne and Ioannidis. What do you think of the Redskins defensively? And, and especially with now, you know, a completely different sort of defensive-centric coaching staff. Yeah, well, from the standpoint of coaching staff, I, I don't know Carolina staff really that well. I know they've had success. Um, you know, Ron's had the success at, at, at you know on the NFL level as a head coach, which I think is very important. But I, I like the defense. I like the fact that you know they're young, like you said, 
and, and they're building up front. I think the fronts on both sides of the ball are highly, highly important um, to, to be a consistent team and to win year in and year out. Maybe not be a playoff team every year, but be in the mix to be a playoff team. It all starts up front, and I, I think they've done a really nice job with adding depth and that, adding talent to, to, the, to the, especially the defensive line. What do, like you, what do you think of Kyle Smith? You, you worked with him. What, what, what impresses you about Kyle Smith? I, 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 from day one, because I knew his father well. You know, not well, but I knew his father from the NFL and being around him. Um, I didn't know Kyle that well. I just knew he was a young guy. Um, talented, talented, good, good eye, um, good work ethic, um, good person. You know, quality, consistent. You know what you had every day. Um, very important to him. Um, got a really good career ahead of him. Um, you know, I just think he's one of those guys that's young, and sometimes they don't get a chance, but he, he's getting a chance. And I, th- I think he'll do a really good job. Uh, talking to Scott McLuhan, and I got a few more for you, and I'll let you run. I so appreciate the time. Real quickly, back to last year's draft. What did you think of Dwayne Haskins as a prospect a year ago, and what kind of future after watching him last year do you think he has? You know, I, I thought coming out, he was one of those guys. I thought he he, he went where he kind of should have went. Um, he had a great he had a great campaign, you know, in eighteen. Um, put up really good numbers again. Had good talent around him, which has common theme today with quarterbacks but that's what you need but he uh i thought a big kid strong arm could make all the throws um wish he was a better athlete wish he moved around better in the pocket from the standpoint of what you're talking about earlier about the rpos and stuff that's just not his style and that's not his cup of tea but i think they knew that when they drafted him um you know but i, I thought he was in a tough spot this year you know not coming out being the starter which i thought was smart because, you know, if you do that, you, you want to sit them all year if possible, which it wasn't possible. So, um, you know, I thought he stayed in there and fought. I thought he got better as the season went along, which I think is very important. You know, it's very tough to have a coaching change during the season. I've been through it. Um, you know, so I thought he hung in there. Um, it would be interesting going forward. I think he has a bright future. Again, it's going to depend what's put around him, not just on the field, but as, as, as a coach, you know, because he's young and he's still learning, you know, Systems are going to change a little bit, as they always do, especially bringing a new head coach in and a new offensive you know, voice in your head. So it'll be interesting how he responds this year. Scott McLuhan joining us here on the Kevin Sheehan Show. Who did you have rated a higher last year, Haskins or Daniel Jones? I had Daniel Jones. And you like? did you like what you saw from him in his, in his first year in New York? Up and down, yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know, and, and the thing about it, like I said, I, I like Haskins. I just felt more comfortable with Daniel just from the standpoint of being more game ready, you know, being more from you know, a, a situation where he came from a really, really head, a head coach that really understands quarterbacks very, right. very well. And uh, I think that's huge for young guys to learn from a really good quarterback coach because there's not many of them out there. And, you know, but again, you know, I, I like to ask him too. But they're both, I think, have good careers ahead of them. What do you think the Skins should ask uh, or, or demand for Trent Williams in a trade? Just out of curiosity, you've been through this before. A lot. <laughs> you know, you know the, the way I'd approach it, and I, I, I do this as a GM, with my years in the league, whatever. They put him in the draft this year. Under, I understand the age. I understand the medical. It's not serious medical, really it's not. It's not like a neck or shoulder or knee or something that's going to really hinder him. But he'd be the first tackle taken this year in the draft, hands down, if he was in the draft this year, even at his age. Even at his age. You know what you got. You bring him in, okay, you're going to say, hey, you're going to get three to four years out of him. You take a guy that's going to be pro Bowl years, you know, that's legit, one of the top five tackles in the NFL. 
hands down right now. Um, you get that guy, that's where you got to approach a trade because teams are going to trade for him or approaching it that way, saying, well, he's day one. He comes in here, he's our left tackle. He's, 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 he's probably the best player on our team. You know, if not, he's the second or third best player on our team right now. He's been through it, ups and downs. He's got all the tape you want to see. The medical is not going to kill him at all for the longevity of his career. You know, so I, I'd approach it that way because I, I was around him, and he gets a little bit of a knock of not being a good guy or teammate. He's a great guy and a great teammate. Players love being around yeah. him. Coaches love being around him. You know, you start getting that in your locker room, especially if you're a good team, which means you're picking later anyway. You add him to that, that mix, now you're rolling. And you've got a legit left tackle that's a really good player. That's a good guy. And, a, and, a, and players, young players will come in and follow him because of who he is and what he is. And that's what you want. So you know, I think that's what we did in Green Bay when we signed Reggie White. Everybody's like, well, he's old. He's kind of done. Nah, he changed that from a gr- really good team to a great team because of his presence in the locker room. So what do you think they should get for him? I mean, a lot a lot of Redskin fans now are, you know, Trent doesn't want to be here. This thing really got sideways here, Scott, last year with Trent. The Redskins apparently have asked for, for no less than a second. What is he worth, and, and what do you think happens? How does this thing get resolved? Well, if, if I was them, I'll put my, put my heels down for right now and just say, listen, um, worst-case scenario is he's with us. And we got to find a way because Trent's a pro. I understand last year when Haywire and I wasn't there, and I don't know relationship with him and Bruce and with Dan and all that. I don't have no clue what went on there. But I, I think that if the thing with him is if, if, if he's your property, you're very excited to have him because he he gives you a lot of leverage. Now, what's coming out about him not wanting to be there and doing this and that? It's not helping the Redskins, but it's also not hurting him too much because they still have him and teams still want him and know that he's, that he's a good player. You know, so, I mean, if it was me, I, I would sit with a one. If not a one, I'd be like a two and a four, with the four maybe becoming a three, depending on accolades, you know, if all of a sudden if he's all pro compared to pro bowler type thing. Um, but he, he's a good player, and he's still, I'm telling you, he's got football in him, and he's got more than just talent on the field. He's got a whole package that you want, if you're a good team, to add to it. Last two, and I'll let you run. Other than Brandon Sheriff, what was your favorite pick when you were here? Oh, boy. Um, I think I never even asked that. You know, prob- probably when I said that, probably Fuller, just because, you know, I knew the family, I knew the brothers and all that stuff. And well, what a good guy, you know. And I'm, I'm sure I'm affecting some guys' feelings that I drafted that I'm close with. But Fuller, he was just quality. You know, we're talking about consistency and talking about a good family doing the right things at the right time and all that, that that was him, you know, and always positive. Tyshawn Jarrett, I love to death. It's too bad he got hurt because he was going to be a really good pro. Um, you know, but I still talk to him, you know. So there's, there's quite a few guys, but I'd probably say Fuller. Who's the one you regret the most? i got two guys. It would be Dotson and Craven. You know, not from the standpoint of pure talent, football ability, but not from the standpoint of me not really getting to know him personally well enough, like the – like it's going to happen this year with these teams, um, you know. I didn't. I, I never. I didn't want to take a receiver in the first round because I didn't want. In San Fran with Crabtree, and people always told me be careful with receivers. And Dotson, good guy, really good campaign in college. You know, size, touchdowns, production, all the whole package. It's just you know the, the medical played into it with him, which is too bad. Same with Cravens, the medical played into it. 
but just not knowing the individual well enough, you know, because I'm, I'm all about football players. I'm not saying that they're not, but not to the level that I, I, I anticipate for an early pick. In that draft, were you got? Did you guys really want Ryan Kelly, the center, at Alabama? Yes. Yes. And so, yep. okay. when he went, was that going to be the pick if he was there? Yes. And then, when you traded one spot back with Houston, was it a situation where you didn't care if it was Fuller or Doxson, or, or how did that play out? Well, I, I just knew that the, the next highest rated guy we had on our board was Doxson. I knew I could trade a spot and still get him and pick something up for it. You know, I was just playing a little game there because I knew even if we had lost Doxson there, I still had a player. You know, it, it fell off from Kelly, no doubt about it, but we still were going with the board, and I still felt comfortable with the pick. I really did. I loved Docs. <laughs> I mean, we, we were both wrong. My son was at TCU. I saw every single game he played. And uh, it's sure. funny because we were doing the show that night, Doc and I were, uh, and and right before the pick, I said, uh, you know what, I'd love to see him take Josh Doxson. <laughs> and then Doc thought I was, you know, basically Karnak before that pick. Um, but anyway, um, look, it was sure. great catching up with you. You sound great. Uh, stay healthy, stay well. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the time. Same to you, buddy. You have a good day.